Is this heaven? No, it's a podcast. Welcome to the Field of Geeks podcast. Hey everyone, it's Josh. Welcome to Field of Geeks, episode 49. We have some special guest hosts today. Please welcome Billy and David. Yay. Hey. These are uh, great friends of mine and big supporters of the show. Uh, Obviously, the regular crew is out for today, but that's okay. We got some good... They're swagging off. Yeah, there you go. We got some good replacements. So yeah, thanks guys for being on. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please check us out on Facebook, Podbean, YouTube, and iTunes, fieldofgeeks.com. Also coming in October, we have some Halloween material. David and Billy actually gave us their uh, expertise on some scary movies we talked about. So we'll uh, definitely have that out soon. Gone but not forgotten, actor Bill Nunn has passed away at age 62. He uh, starred in Do the Right Thing, Sister Act, Regarding Henry, and Raimi's Spider-Man films, just to name a few. You guys have any memories of his performances? I do. I've seen almost every... Well, I've seen the uh, Do the Right Thing, but I've seen Sister Act and, uh, of course, the Spider-Man movies. I've seen Spider-Man movies. I remember him in Sister Act, and I know there's been a couple of others that have seen him in, like either channel surfing or... uh, I've actually seen the movie. I can't think of him off the top of my head. He uh, he really was. Well, he was a phenomenal actor. He was. It was really sad. I, I didn't even know he was sick. Two of them, two of them to me were uh, he was in New Jack City. He was the, uh, the uh, subway train. I mean, that's the, uh, he was the uh, better man. He was the better man. And then uh, he was the money train as well, too. That, that one, he was the subway train driver. That one. He had range, you know. He, uh, regarding Henry's a great movie. He helped uh, rehabilitate Harrison Ford's character, and, you know, he's just charming and everything. And, of course, with uh, the Raimi Spider-Man movies, he had a great rapport, you know, good chemistry with uh, J.K. Simmons as um, J. Jonah Jameson, you know, the whole group. It just worked, whatever they're, you know, they were talking about stories or whatnot. It was always entertaining. could almost been their own movie, really. I didn't realize that uh, I saw him recently, and I forgot about it, but he was in the Super Four movie. He was uh, had a former like military kind of guy. He went to school. I think he was like a uh, like a maintenance guy, but he kept like uh, army military stuff hidden. Sure. He had uh, awards and ammo and stuff like that already set up like in the basement of the school. He's a great actor, and you know, thank thankfully we have his performances on screen. We can always watch again, and yeah, he he will be missed. So. He's still pretty young. I mean, I, I, yeah. I didn't know he was in the office, yeah. yeah, really, I, I didn't know either. <laughs> yeah, that, that really sucks. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. No, he, he, he really wasn't that old. I, I know, yeah, I really am surprised. It's just, I mean, yeah, I haven't heard his name in a little while. But, you know, then out of the blue, he's gone. It's, yeah, it really, really was a surprise. Uh, 2016's really been uh, brutal on celebrity deaths. We have a, a one-off topic, Higo Weaving. He played Red Skull in Captain America, the first Avenger. And that character hasn't really been back since that movie. A lot of people would like his return. And I guess Weaving wasn't really happy just working with Marvel. 
and it seems like he's he's a little nicer to Marvel now. He he did say that uh, he enjoyed playing the character because it was it was someone who thought Hitler was weak of all people, and he enjoyed the costume and the and being in the mask. You know, he he does a lot of those performances. The material's basic to him, but it was fun to do. So he doesn't know if there's plans for Red Skull's return. Doesn't seem like he's ruling it out. I guess the big question is, uh, would you guys like to see the Red Skull return with or without weaving? I would love to see Red Skull return. Um, he is hes a villain that Captain America were truly, and he truly cannot get rid of. He has found a way to transcend time, you know, make, keep himself young or younger, um, and keep be able to physically keep up with Captain America. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, later comments, he, he does get kind of sick, he does get kind of weak, you know, he sees his body starts to break down, but he always finds a way to get past it. He always keeps Captain America on his toes. Um, he's, and he's just a big of an icon villain-wise for, uh, for Marvel as Captain America is for the heroes. I can't, to be honest, you can't, even in the movies, you cannot, I don't think they can. He, she needs to be. He, I cannot. Can't be dead. Mm-hmm. He has to be somewhere. So, to be honest, uh, I would. I would love to see him return. I would love to see the same actor because the, the cause he he plays a wonderful villain. Yeah, yeah, he does. And he he's got the voice. He's got the persona. He's perfect. You know, for and I think I think he made a wonderful Red Skull. I think they even I think in the Infinity War they need to bring Brad Red Skull. He was a key part to introduction to Thanos. He was a key part to or he was a key part to and all that just in the very beginning with that that cube, which is one of the Infinity Gems. So he I don't know they need they need to bring him back in, in the Infinity Wars. I agree. Not just Thanos. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. They you know and that's. Uh... I guess that's kind of why they were asking him all these questions, but he didn't really seem to, to deny it entirely, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a last minute deal, but yeah, you know, he technically didn't die. It was that cosmic cube, you know, as we know now, it probably just transferred him somewhere and that's where he's at right now. And I, I like to see more of him. I don't think we got enough. I mean, it was, it was good, but I really wanted to see him return somehow, some way. What were your thoughts, Billy, when you saw that movie, Captain America? Did you did you like Red Skull as a villain, or uh, I honestly I don't even remember the movie all that much. I, I think I've seen Captain America like maybe one time, the actual original Captain America movie. Oh yeah. So so I I guess I don't really remember too much. I've been more into the Avengers stuff more than I have just the Marvel movies. There's there's two before that. Um, oh, in the seventies. One. Yeah, there's one. There's the first one of those two was decent. The second one, Captain America's shield was see-through. <laughs> he run around in a motorcycle helmet instead of the, the one that he normally had. It was downright <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I have seen some of that. Yeah, they definitely have improved that. So, <laughs> thankfully, but, yeah. No, yeah, I I think, and I I and I don't remember if it was if it was one of the things after the credits or if it was something a fan made because the fans have put stuff together as well mm-hmm. with some of the actors there was one where uh, where Cole it actually took Coulson 
and another agent, and they were meeting in a, in a shop, and it showed bits and pieces after the airmen in the coffee shop, and it was bits and pieces from the other movies, like where Bob Downey Jr. meets up with, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the general from Thunderbolt Ross from, uh, Oh right, yep. And, you know, it shows that it shows that whole it shows that whole scene, and then he cuts back to Colson and the agent and talks about how Tony Stark bought the bar and is bulldozing it because it was General Ross's favorite bar, and General <laughs> Ross is rude. But they, they did bits and pieces and stuff. So then I I don't know if it was from that one of the family thing like that, or if it was actually after the credits. But it showed Red Skull meeting with somebody, and like in space. So and called referring to him as Master. So and I don't remember if it was Thanos. I don't remember if it was uh, somebody, and I want to say it was somebody in the Dark Hood, which may have been, um, I can't remember his name on top of my head, the Accuser, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy threw down with, or, you know, or it could have been one of the guys that met up with Thanos later. But he's, uh, he's not dead. He's in teleporters, I think, to another dimension. That's a great villain for them to tackle again, hopefully, you know, because I'm not sure how long we're going to have Captain America around. You know, it's like they kind of need to be together. I think just to be, you know, just to please everybody. He could be a real. Uh, they could actually do actually Avengers a couple of Captain Americas and then build up a really big, you know, mm-hmm. that they had that Red Skulls behind and build up to a really epic fight between him and Red Skull. Yeah, that, and then and had the Captain America movies. Definitely be happy with that, uh, you know. And Morgan news came recently. Uh, Disney's CEO Bob Eager uh, he confirmed that there's uh, of course further talks with Marvel about phase four and beyond and they're actually nearing a decade of marvel studio films and they're just you know they're basically planning another decade of them so it you know it's it's good to see they have confidence to stick with this genre they're not really seem to be thinking it's going away anytime soon eight or nine movies for the next from now from late 2016 until the middle of 2019 about eight or nine movies that are being made man yeah (laughs) Disney also has the money and the patience to wait until people's uh, temporary rights are up on other characters and buy them back and do movies right. Exactly. So they're they're patient enough to take back the whole, take back Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and eventually bring all these characters back home underneath the Marvel banner, and then do movies right. I'm not saying that the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk wasn't was was terrible because I really enjoyed it. Far superior to the uh, banner. <laughs> Yeah, it's far superior than to Eric, uh, what her name is, Vanna or whatever. Oh, the, the Hulk yeah. movie? Yeah. Oh, God. That was very yeah. artsy. <laughs> yeah. I liked Absorbing Man, the villain, but, um, no, no, they did the Hulk way wrong. And the Fantastic Four, you know, but they could, yeah, they, they, they've got the money and the patience to just wait and start buying them, you know, and once they get the rights and everything back and they can do what they want, then, then make two or three movies based around that group or that character. Exactly. Or they can cut a deal like Sony did with um, Marvel, you know, with Spider-Man rights. I mean, that's that's a way into it as well. If the studio yeah. basically doesn't want to risk another failure, you know, on their hands. Fantastic Four, I think, would definitely be a, de- a good deal with Fox. But I don't know. It, I don't know who who would be more into that. Sony, I know Sony has lost, definitely willing to take that deal versus Fox, because I think, well, the last X-Men probably wasn't the biggest hit, but, you know, I think they still have confidence, obviously, with Deadpool. That's been huge for them, and 
yeah, they still have basically the rights, it seems. So that might be a while for for the X-Men universe, but uh, Fantastic Four would be great for them to, to do right, I think, finally. That would be nice. I have not seen the new one, and I haven't heard a lot. I, I'll eventually watch it. I haven't heard a lot of great things about it. It's just very dark. It's more sci-fi. I'll, I'll loan it to you sometime. It's um, it's not. It's, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. It's just. It's really not the Fantastic Four. You know, that's pretty much what it is. But it's not a horrible movie. It did. You know, have obviously a lot of behind-the-scenes drama, and that just helped. You know, I just made it what it was in the end because there's a huge time jump in the movie, and it's basically done because they just. You know, they actually cut three major scenes for that director to use. So that was, you know, made it made it hard for the, the director to get along with the studio. Disney's, you know, definitely, uh, they have some winners with Marvel. And of course, uh, with Star Wars, there's plans uh, up to 2020 with the Star Wars movies and, and beyond. Uh, they were talking about Rogue One recently, and they expect it to not be as big as Episode 7 was. But they said the interest is high. And Rogue One, you know, it's 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 an experiment they're saying, you know, because it's a particular story versus a saga. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that? Do you think Rogue One could be something spectacular, just like a regular episode could be? I I think it could be. I think it could be something that's done right that you and, and I I don't like the first three, one, two, and three. Yeah, I don't. Either. I don't even count them. But I, I, it's something that you could watch. You know, in between. It's supposed to be when they get the plans for the Death Star. So you could add it. If you want to do a marathon and watch them in order, you could probably throw that in there amongst four, five, or six, wherever it's long, and still call it good. Yeah. And, you know, it probably fit in there just just nicely. Yeah, I agree. I, I never was what they would get into Star Wars, so I haven't taken the time to have the patience for it, I guess. Although I've been told several times by people I won't name names Josh, uh, to uh to what to watch the movie but uh, maybe Rogue One can fan like people like Billy who, who are not really into the, the you know the saga movies themselves maybe maybe the one-off movies could be more entertaining uh it's just basically space you're not crazy about is that right I don't know I, I there's certain genres that I I get into the most and some I don't and I haven't really like I said I haven't really got into it. I just got in like them, I just haven't got into them. Yeah. That's understandable. It's not it's not everybody's cup of tea, you know. Especially amongst Star Trek and Star Wars fans, it's always <laughs> a huge debate. To get into movies, Transformers The Last Night, uh, this has some controversy. This broke recently where they were talking about, uh, you know, the movie's been filming all over, all over the world and it's currently in Britain. A lot of Brits aren't happy. And I think they have a right to not be happy. Uh, I guess it seems production has used Winston Churchill's home for a Nazi uh, headquarters to take place in the movie, of course. As we know, Churchill was very much against the Nazis and, of course, uh, Adolf Hitler. So, you know, the older older generation and the vets are upset about the, the Nazi propaganda on display within the home and... Basically, Michael Bay, you know, he's no stranger to controversy. Uh, I'm not surprised personally. I guess I'd be more upset if with the owners of the estate for approving this um, to be done. What are your thoughts on all of this? I mean, it's it's common sense pretty much, but, uh, you know, I know it's a movie. What are your thoughts? That's just bad taste. I mean, I mean come on. That, <laughs> truly, that is just bad taste. 
And Michael Bay, he should know better. He should have more respect. That's, excuse me, that, yeah, no, that's terrible. It is, and I can't believe that he would, I'm not even, I'm not even touch on the person who owns the estate approving it. Michael Bay should never brought it up. He, he, he should have gone elsewhere. Part of the, the history that, you know, if the guy was not poor, not even for Hitler, then they obviously could have said no to begin with and he could have moved on to the public. I, I do agree with you, David. They, it, it shouldn't have never come up. So, I mean, the owners could have, that three years in the location, I'm sure a little bit of incentive was probably added to it. So, you know, yeah. It definitely is a it's a lack of respect, I think, and it, yeah, it is kind of shocking that they would even ask to do this. You know, it's like common sense, guys. You know, you take it somewhere else. I'm sure there's other places, you know, there that you can find and don't have so much historical value to them. It's just a slap in the face to his uh, legacy. You know, um, are you guys in general Transformer fans, and are you fans of the Michael Bay movies? Do you look forward to this new one? I I don't think I've seen I've only seen I think the first so it's first one and part of the second and I'm just I just don't feel it I watched the, I watched the show as a kid I watched you know the the animated movie I've watched some of Beast Wars but I just don't feel it with the Transformers and I just I've got you know I've I've heard about the Dinobots and how they were briefly in the last movie and the Dinobots should have been you know if you're going to put them in the preview. You need to have them more than five minutes. Yeah, and have and, it make sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm not, and it's sad because I would love to sit, because I'm a sci-fi fan, I'd love to sit and watch these, but just as I, as I sit and watch the first one, I don't feel it. I, I don't feel the, the connection I had. I, I love the first one. The first one's pretty cool. And then I, I got into the second one a little bit. After that, um, I watched the pieces of the others, but again, you know, it's really get into it very much and I don't know if it's because the storylines uh, are just been old or I don't know but uh, I agree I the first one was pretty good I, I watched the show you know cartoon growing up I used to have the toys and stuff as well too and, sure you know but other than that yeah I after a while certain movies I mean <clears throat> they're making money I, I assume but they are I mean you know the last one it was popcorn fun but it's not really a Transformers movie they you know that first one had that it kind of had that Spielberg-esque type of thing. I can't really... It felt like a big, epic uh, story in a way. I mean, I know it had some Michael Bay touches to it, but the, the you know the ones after that were just all action, you know, hot girls. It just took away from, I think, you know, the material they were using. So, it, you know, it, That's it's... That's part of the movie. I, I know, I know. It's like, you know, imagine imagine your kid self not being happy with live-action Transformer movies, but, you know, they're not really... The spirit's not there, it seems, and it's... You know, I think it, a lot of people... Each movie recently, Michael Bay says he's stepping down, and people get excited, and then and then he comes back, because it's, you know, it's a cash grab, pretty much, for him. I think that's a lot for certain movies are made. You know, if uh, the fans are getting sick of a certain director or whatever... And yeah, someone else probably should come in with you know fresher ideas because exactly you see, you see all these directors they're making multiple movies and if the person did well, cool. Then you have a well, second one, ah, that was okay. Yeah, the third one, ah, that's good. And you have another one, ah, that wasn't good at all. So I mean, yeah, I, just, I think after a while, you know, the same one should either get completely different, you know, screenplay or 
got to take their time a little bit more on these movies. Mm-hmm. I think now they're just making them, and then not really taking the time to really go through it thoroughly enough. Because all the good stuff is usually taken out, and you're like, this is going to make any sense. And they're long movies, too. Like, the last one, I think, was, like, almost three hours long. It was just, like, okay, enough already. It was just very much similar to what we've seen already, you know? I mean, I love the characters. I mean, you know, you have the main character, you know, you have Optimus Prime. You have all the main characters that are in there, which is cool. I think that they, you know, things need to change a little bit more. Sure. So, I, what would be your ideal Transformers movie, like, time period would be 80s or something or what are your guys thoughts on that to get you interested again in seeing these movies i think kind of with some of the old stuff kind of you know mm-hmm. both the old the old vehicles the old what they used to have back in the back in the 80s like that. sure so, so high tech and too much of it you know mm-hmm. you, I, I was okay if you like started off in the 80s and then like in the next movie you know Talks about how there's been peace for the last 10, 10 15 years or whatever. One year. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago. So, so the Autobots have gone into hiding, and all of a sudden the Decepticons are starting to rise again. So, you know, the bots have to come back out. I don't know. I'd be okay, okay with that. It's just, I don't know. It, the, the, the first the first movie, I enjoyed it, but I just didn't have the feeling. Yeah, I get you. And, and, and I got, I got, you know, and, and it, it made a lot of sense that not everybody's going to live in a war mm-hmm. for killing off some of the characters. I do, however, miss that. And I, I do miss how not all the all the, the characters were the same as what they were. Right, they were changed. That would have been that probably would have helped. I'll probably see this in the theater. I'm not sure. I got a free pass last time to get to see it. <laughs> well, here in about, about 15, 20 years, they'll probably make remakes anyway. So yeah, Disney will buy them maybe and. Disney will buy him up and fix the problem. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It'll be defined. Yeah? Maybe uh, IDW will make some movies for them or something. I don't know. More movie news. We have the Equalizer 2 has been announced. It will start shooting fall 2017. It's the further adventures of Denzel Washington's character, loosely based on the 80s series. Um, a retired agent, uh, Robert McCall, he worked as a private detective. And the movie kind of served as a beginning to that tale. And he was retired and trying to live a normal life. And then, of course, trouble comes, you know, comes into his life and he acts on it. From the start, the goal was to make this a franchise movie. Uh, Washington always wanted to do a franchise. So it looks like he finally got it. Uh, Do you remember the show, guys? Or have you seen the movie? What were your thoughts? I've seen it. I've seen the movie. Uh, I've never really seen the show before. Um, I saw the movie, I thought it was pretty well done. When it ended, I was thinking, we're going to make a second one, that's pretty much a good thing. I hope that they're careful going forward because, you know, you don't want to keep going too much because then people want to bring it forward. So I think after the second one, you know, if it does well, then maybe they will make a third one, but, you know, I think that they should wait a while and we'll see what happens on this one. But first one, I thought it was really good. I, I liked how it was put together. Yeah, he did not want to mess with him. What about you, David? Um, I've never seen the series. I had never gotten around to watching the movie. However, Denzel Washington, in my opinion, is a, a phenomenal actor, and, and he's good in, in every, everything he does. He's very careful about what he plays. So he's not one of those guys that just appears in a movie for uh, for for a paycheck. You know, cameo with him. Yeah, you're but, right. Uh, some 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 actors. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he does. He he's an excellent actor. He's very kind, of very patient about what he you know about what he thinks about before he picks anything. So sure, I think that I think that he's you know Denzel Washington. He's going to bring it. I think it's going to be a good movie. Wolverine 3 currently has wrapped filming. Brian Singer has announced that Mr. Sinister is the, one of the villains, if not the villain. Uh, Mr. Sinister is, of course, a super, super villain, altered human strength, telekinesis, and he can project uh, energy. Nathaniel Essex is his actual name, known as a mad scientist of sorts. Uh, can you tell us much about this character, David? I am sad that this is not going to be Old Man Logan. I had really, really hoped that, that they were they were going to do that, but I am looking forward to this one because I, I like Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine, and I've, I've for the most part, other than the effects of the first one, because the claws looked that looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the first two movies, mm-hmm. and I really do. I look forward to this. I look forward to what they do with Mister Sinister. Sure. I think that Mister Sinister is probably one of the worst villain in the Marvel history. Really? He's the reason that Jean Grey has a clone. You know, he abandoned his family. He dug up his dead son to perform genetic experiments on the body. He's done terrible, terrible things. Sure. He's just, yeah, he's he's one of Marvel's, in my opinion, worst and sickest villains. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So... He, uh, I look forward to seeing what they do to do with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting, especially because this is like Jackman's last movie as Wolverine, supposedly. It, <laughs> they've hinted at the old man Logan storyline. Of course, they don't have the rights for all the characters in that story, so I think they're kind of they're kind of adapting, you know, um, a few storylines. Basically, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Because I, I saw pictures of. Uh... Uh, Hugh Jackman, you know, he was uh, he had a haircut and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and looks like he would had already been doing the old man Logan thing. They never really exactly said old man Logan. They they've hinted at it, and oh, they're, they're, like they're adapting various storylines. You know, yeah, they've aged him a little bit, so I think that's definitely you know something they're they're working with. Hawkeye, I think, <laughs> was in old man Logan's comic run. I think they replaced yeah. his character with Patrick Stewart's Xavier character because they don't have the rights for Hawkeye. So that's why Xavier's in it. And Xavier looks like in, he's aged, of course, so it's in the future. Yeah, in the, in the original story, um, 50 years have gone by, and the bad guys teamed up, pulled their heads together, swapped heroes, and won. Um, the, uh, the Mysterio or whatever, the, the Master of Illusion, Went in, and you don't find this out until later in the comics. Went in and tricked Wolverine to thinking that all the X Men around him were villains. He killed, and he killed them all, right? He killed them all. Oof. Like Jubilee dies in his arms. He he couldn't tell them even by sense. He couldn't tell them a dev apart. He butchered all of them. Jeez. And so he goes forth and tries to kill himself. Naturally, he can't. So he refused. So he refuses to pop his claws. The villains split up the U.S. Um, Abomination takes uh, like California along the coast and stuff. Magneto took, uh, as they call it, the Bible Belt, so on and so forth. The Red Skull rules, and uh, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, somehow, and it's it's hinted that he used She-Hulk, but <laughs> somehow creates a band of inbred hillbillies <laughs> who are similar to him, like they're always green. 
but they're not nearly as big. And that he's and he when he, he they kill abomination and he take over you know world that territory which Wolverine lives in. Jeez. He doesn't pop his claws in fifty years. He goes by Logan, and you know he's old, he's gray, and he works on a pig farm with his wife, his son, and his daughter. And yeah, along comes Hawkeye, who's blind, driving a yeah driving uh, Spider Man's uh, jeep. And says, you know, hey, I've, I've got to run on. I, I can pay you enough money so you can pay your rent for the next six months, basically. Because Wolverine's low on money. And uh, he goes, if you just do this one run for me. And he's been, and Wolverine has towards, you know, that, that Hawkeye's done some running, drug, drug running, stuff like that. But as they cross the country, you get to see what happens to a lot of superheroes. Nobody's picked up Thor's hammer in 50 years. You get to see a giant man's skeleton. Loki's body, and uh, you uh, see Ant-Man's helmet in play, which is really funny. Some <laughs> kid has it, and he charges people a dollar to cross his bridge. If you don't pay the dollar to cross his bridge, he brings forth an army of ants to take you off the bridge and kill you. <laughs> so you pay the so dollar, pay the dollar. Just some little kid, you know, yeah. But it's, it's a really neat story, and I won't, you know, you, should, you get to see the inside of uh, Red Skull's case, which is... Wow, but it's 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 a phenomenal story. Wow, and it's over the course of six or eight comics, and I was really, really, and I understand why they can't do it. But I really was hoping for it. Yeah, there's really. So many different characters. You get to see a there's a like there's Ultron versions five or six, who's with, who's working with Spider-Man's daughter in a garage. Wow, and who yeah, who's uh, and he just yeah he just works on cars. Jeez. He's no, he's not a super being anymore. Yeah, it's really it's a neat story. That's epic, really. I mean, it's a shame they can't do it all. You know, uh, someday they will. You know, they will somehow, some way. But it is, it's a fun story. You could, you could do so much with it because now, well, that Wolverine's world is in what's called the battle, or the there's a great battle amongst all the worlds that uh, that weren't being that popular. Mm-hmm. And so now they're all merged together under the God, a God version of the, he's the Fantastic Four main villain. Oh, Dr. Doom? Doom. They call him God, God Doom. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like he's got a whole bunch of Thor's work in Forces Rules. All the different versions of Thor. There's a robot one, there's there's all, yeah, an angelic looking one. And uh, in the new comics, he, he gets his hands on a Ultron head. I can't figure out where it came from. So he's traveling from, from you know, kind of uh, territory to territory, different worlds, basically. He ends up in one that's all uh, it's all technology. Like, only a handful, like, most of uh, mankind was wiped out and killed due to a virus. So Tony Stark built up the world again in technology. Wow. Um, you come across, he ends up in the zombie Marvel universe for a little while. Um, yeah, it was, it's a, He's been currently. Last I read, he was in the universe, in the, the part of the universe where where Wolverine is dead and encased in Antimentium. Wow. That was that's where I left off. But it, if they you could if they had the rights to the right characters, you could do one movie just based off of the original story and then go on from there. Wow. And yeah. Do a couple more where he travels. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that'd be fun to see. Yeah, uh, man. You, <laughs> just that description alone, it makes it makes me feel kind of angry that they can't do that right now. You know, they got to settle for 
whatever rights they have, unfortunately. So moving on to uh, Power Rangers, I'm not sure if uh, you guys are huge fans of Power Rangers or not. I know it came kind of a generation after after ours in a way. Um, you know, Lionsgate, Saban have been uh, developing this movie. It's a really big budget movie, it seems. Uh, it's got some stars to it. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, she's playing Rita Repulsa. Uh, they recently just cast uh, Bill Hader, uh, you know, popular from SNL. He is basically a man with a thousand voices. They've cast him as uh, Alpha 5. Not really sure how that character is going to be, you know, put into the movie or not, but uh, it looks like the cast will be getting together at the New York Comic Con October 8th, and they're going to have a panel, and a trailer's expected to drop. So recently they have released posters of each ranger on their dinosaurs, which are gigantic uh, robotic vehicles that you know they can combine and become one giant uh, robotic guy what are your thoughts on this whole project and you know if you've seen these new dinosaurs or any pictures from the movie my question is how many more of these movies and shows are we going to make i mean i i watched the show as a kid because my sister loves power rangers and she's 26 now and she's so excited for power rangers she's, she's a bunch of girls on yeah but i mean i saw a picture uh closer and at the uh of the, um, the the dino uh, lords and I mean they are gigantic. I mean they're not as um, uh, fake looking, I guess, if you will, uh, as it was in the TV show. Because you know they were just city was completely fake itself, and uh, you can tell the dino lords just look like little itty bitty toys that you roll on the floor. I mean they. I mean I'm sure I think it'll probably do good. I mean, if it's got a bigger budget film, I hope it's it's you know, it's worth it anyway. Yeah, I mean, they got Brian Cranston on board, and he's going to play Zordon. So what are your thoughts, David? Well, I was a big fan as a kid. I watched them. Uh, I don't think I watched it up until they introduced Ivan Ooze in the movie. <laughs> and then after that, I got tired and moved on. Yeah. I think they're on, like, what, Generation 9 or oh, 10. Oh, gosh, yeah. Animals up so yeah. I lost track. So... <laughs> And my, I mean, I've got a similar comment, you know, how many more versions can you make? Um, I will say that if I, I would, I'll, I'll check out the preview and I'll judge it, whether I'm going to watch or not. I, I have kind of high hopes for it. Sure. I am, I am, now the new reader, reader repulsive, is that the Galveston All Green? Yeah. Yep. Then, she's like, yeah, wow. This is perfect piece. Yeah, they uh, they took that old raggedy Rita and turned her. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I may watch it and then cheer on Rita. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, no, I, you know, you're you're redoing it for the for the next uh next generation. I get it. Sure. And I'm okay with that. It's. I will probably, you know, I'm a big enough nerd. I will probably I'll, I'll check out the trailer and I'll decide whether or not I want to see it then. I think it'll be entertaining, even if you're not really a fan. It's it's reinventing it, so they finally have the money and you know creative powers to make their own thing versus before. Because that was the original show was basically adapted from a Japanese show, I believe, <laughs> and all that Angel Grove stuff was all American made uh, part of the story. So basically, whenever they were in the suits. And you didn't see them, like, their face or anything. That was all 
from overseas as a different show. So this is actually... I think that the, the original Power Rangers was like an idea or kind of a combination of like two or three different Japanese TV shows at the time. Uh, wow. That's, yeah, I, think they, I think that's what I read. They, they, they took three, like, three different shows and took aspects of all three shows and pulled them together and created the, uh, the, the Power Rangers. Yeah, that's something. I yeah, it makes sense now when you go back to watch it, you know, because it's uh, the the way it's shot and you know the the quality, I guess, of the images are a little different. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's crazy how they did something like that back then. But I'm sure it was really cheap on their part, you know, to borrow footage and and it caught on obviously. And yeah, I'm not sure if they'll have more shows after this movie because I think this movie is just ignoring all that. It's its own thing. And yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, Brian Cranston once said that it's kind of like Dark Knight uh, level of entertainment. So that'll be interesting. That'll won't be your, you know, well, it won't be your Power Rangers anymore. It'll be, uh, I guess it'll be an adult version <laughs> of that. So yeah, I, I need to see doing a little bit of a shout out sure. to the old, uh, the original Power Rangers, like as Rita Repulsa walks by. You know, part of the remains of the old, or you know, if they, if they plan on not not bringing back Lord Zed or whatever his name was, like like his uh, his crown or whatever that thing was on on his head, yeah. or maybe the remains or something of uh, one of the other characters, one of the minions. Sure. You know, or maybe shout out on the good side. You know, maybe the, one of the, a couple of the old weapons mounted on the wall inside with, uh, with you know, with the good guys or whatever his name was. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see doing a shout out, but I think they just, you know, kind of a, you know, hey, but I think that they need to make this a stand on its own. Yeah. Do their own thing. It's a, yeah, it's a fresh start. Like they're, they're playing the old characters, but yeah, they can definitely have the old ones back and cameos or, you know, whatnot. I'm sure they'll do some clever shout outs, Easter eggs, you know, uh, I would hope so. It, it pleases the fans. I saw an article. An article, the one uh, of the Black Ranger. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that uh, he wanted to be a part of this, but I don't think they're going to bring him back many, many of the original ones, if at all, for, for whatever reason. I don't think there's even going to be a cameo. I don't think that any of the. I mean, it could change. I mean, yeah. Uh, but right now, uh, I don't think they're going to bring him back any of the original ones. I could be wrong, but from what I saw, I don't think they're going to bring any of them. I think that I think that one way or the other. Somebody has burned the bridge together. Uh, I don't think that, like, I know that the Blue Ranger, <clears throat> they did not know for whether or not he was actually gay, but the, uh, the crew treated him like garbage just in case he was. Yeah, Like, yeah. the downright was ruthless to him. There was some nastiness and, uh, going by in scenes. And I know that some of the other Power Rangers, you know, the, the, the Green Flash White Ranger, he, uh, you know, he had a lot of drug problems and violence. So and so forth. I think that they've all, for the most part, burned their bridges. I can't speak any of them coming back. If anybody, be uh, David Jason Frank, I believe, because you know he's kind of uh, he's out there, and you know he's still a big supporter. But last I knew, they didn't extend an invitation for him. So yeah, who knows? Maybe there'll be a last minute cameo of the film or whatnot. I mean, you know, honestly. You could probably do without it if, you know, if you're trying to capture a new audience, you know, it's a fresh start. So, you know, it's fan service. Sometimes they do it. Sometimes they don't. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be a I'm sure it'll be interesting in the end what, what we see and whether or not that'll be more movies after that or not. But, 
you know, it's franchise central anymore. And they always want more movies, you know, plan on making more, of course. So, yeah, more to see you guys. Uh, uh, you'll probably go see it, David. But uh, what about you, Billy? Will your sister drag you to see it? Um, I, think, I think my sister probably will go see it. She'll probably, you know, drag you know, her boyfriend. And maybe the kids will see it because they, they've seen the, the newer uh, Power Rangers on TV, you know, versus, you know, before. Sure. Um, they don't really, they haven't really seen the old ones. They've seen, they've seen the original one like on, on Netflix and stuff like that, but they haven't really done it very much. So, um, they might want to go see it because when they go at the TV show, the newer TV show. Right now, I could say for me, I probably don't have an interest in it, but. Right. You know, things do change, and once I see the trailer, as David said, you know, I might go check it out. Moving into game news, uh, there's a great article on Goliath.com is where I found it. Uh, it's about the Sega uh, Dreamcast. And this was a system released uh, back in 99. And it was basically to uh, compete against the PlayStation 2 at the time, Xbox, GameCube. And it only lasted about two years. The article goes in to explain that basically, overall, the Dreamcast was destined to fail before it really was launched, um, sadly. Uh, Sega came off some Systems that underperformed, like the Game Gear, the 32X, Sega uh, CD, uh, Sega Saturn. So it didn't really help, um, you know, gain an audience. It really um, did have some new things to offer. Uh, online gaming, for instance, which sadly couldn't catch on because a lot of people didn't have the broadband back then. Um, so it was ahead of its time in that uh, in that area. Also. You know, they couldn't really have the EA Sports games because EA demanded them to, um, you know, give them executive rights to produce games just for them. And they they refused, so they had to, Sega had to make their own sports games, which hurt them. They didn't have the Madden and all that. Um, you know, it was, it was a, a rough end for Sega, basically. They ended up becoming a third-party uh, a minis- uh, third-party developer for games. So, you know, it just had a lot of things against it, unfortunately. You know, the the advertising, I guess, uh, didn't really spark a, a mass interest, and price drops it had killed the profit, and the controller, I guess, had issues, too. It didn't have a second analog stick to it. I, myself, was attracted to the system, and I still own it, actually. Uh, I do remember it was kind of maybe a little bit overwhelming for the time, the accessories, the controller and all that. But I still enjoyed it. You know, I still uh, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, did you guys out there have the system or were aware of the system at the time? I had it for a while and I told you it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I played it, uh, but a guy that I used to hang out with, he, uh, he had one. Him and his girl, him and his fiance had one when I played it then, and I, I think for one, I think this article is, is hilarious because it's one of the highest sought after systems yeah. out there. After all these years, it still plays. Yeah, and it's it's one of the hardest to come by, and yet, but it, it, I can't believe that it's the reason Sega. It's the, I can't believe it killed Sega. Yeah, and there was one more system that they never, that no one's ever, no one ever talks about. It. It's called the Sega Master System. Mm-hmm. The system, I guess, was so terrible that Sega, and I don't know whose name ended up on it, but Sega told them that if they put their name on the system, 
they would sue the company that made it. Oh, and they paid the, they, they paid this company to develop it. It was going to call, be called the master system. It was supposed to be the system of systems. And it turned out to be such a big joke that they said, if you slap our name on this, we're going to sue. Wow. Jeez. I yeah. know. But it, yeah. It, but it's, uh, no, I, I, I played the Dreamcast. Uh, and yeah, the controllers are a little weird, but I, all in all, I think, in all, it's just, in this, time i think is one of the best systems out there yeah i agree i i always enjoyed it you know uh, i i had ready to rumble was a big game it had uh, with boxing and hydro thunder and rush which you know they weren't i don't think hydro thunder or rush were original games for that system i could be wrong but i know rush wasn't well, but I had a lot of fun were, playing that. arcade games yeah in, in fact uh i think Sega was one of the first ones to take an actual arcade game and put it, it will not alter it in one bit and put it down into their system. Yeah. It's like right. Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat and them were altered. Sure. Boy, they weren't, they, you know, the bit safe. <clears throat> so, yeah, and they, there's one of the, you know, one of the first, you know, such a big game, especially for racing and for the graphics. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hydra Thunder was really fun to play. I, that's one of my top, you know, favorite games. And luckily, I, I still, do. yeah. And Rush, what was it? Rush twenty forty seven or something. Forty nine. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Billy was over one time, and I think I fell asleep, and I woke up like three, four in the morning. He was still playing Rush, and of course he mastered it, you know. And yeah, that that was a fun game. That really was. And yeah, this system offered a lot of a lot of good things. It's too bad it didn't it didn't make it in the end. But yeah, I. Luckily, still have it, and I can plug it in and check it out. I probably will, especially after reading this article. I don't think the article said it was the, because of its failure. You know, Sega went under with the game consoles, but I think because Sega had a track record of failed systems. Although I did enjoy the Game Gear and some Sega CD, so I didn't think the Game Gear was a failure. But did you guys, any of you, have a Game Gear or anything? My cousin had one. And he had like two games for it. Yeah, yeah, they were expensive. <laughs> yeah, and it it was all right. He had a BMX thing, BMX one where you you know did the bicycle races and stuff. And then he had something else. It was it was okay. And it was it was a bizarre system, but and it was all right. Sure. I wouldn't say it was a complete failure. No, no, yeah. I mean, I guess it it probably wasn't Genesis money, you know, because that was that was a big thing. That's yeah. that's the first Sega system I owned, you know. My friend had it, and I I wanted it, so <laughs> I was basically strictly Nintendo until that. And I guess the Sega tail is kind of good for Nintendo to uh, to look at. Definitely, you know, maybe get into that uh, situation. Who knows? I know they're they're working on a new system. What was it, the Wii U? I think that was pretty much a failure for them. Although, you know, oh, God. yeah, backing up, though, the Wii was yeah. a success, you know, so. The Wii was great. The Wii U is, it's a tablet mm -hmm. that I can hook up to my Wii. So, to, but I have to buy a brand new Wii yep. to play the, with the tablet. And the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if, yeah, and if the tablet breaks, then I'm spending $200 or more on John on it. Yeah. Because it's, the tablet's also a controller. It's just, yeah. I toyed with it and was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I just know. They had some cool features, but yeah, we just bought our Wii at the time, and I was not going to buy another, you know, Wii just for 
you know, like minor things that were that were cool, but we have the Wii, and then uh, we right now it's kind of boxed up, but we have the Xbox One. So, and of course, we use that now just mostly for you know the Blu-ray movies. But right. yeah, I, love, I love the Wii, and my kids love the Wii as well too. And I, I'm, I'm not gonna get rid of it. It was yeah, it was it changed the game, but yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's it's hard to compete now. You know, you got two massive systems, uh, PlayStation and Xbox, and yeah, whatever Nintendo. I, I can't remember what it is they're working on. I think the other thing they're they're trying to bring back the cartridge, which I think with today's technology, I think the cartridge would would probably could probably hold more than your standard discs, your CDs and stuff. But my concern is because you know. You go buy these itty bitty cartridges for your Game Boys and Game Boy Advance or 3DAs or whatever they're called. These tiny cartridges, the games that are probably just as long as the one. I, was, I mean, if you don't include, you know, like the Fallout games and yeah. stuff, but they're just as big as most of the games that you can go out and buy. Sure, yeah. Um, for this. So if they go back to. My, my only concern is if they go back to the cartridge, that whole, you know, you, they get dirty and they get they screw up. Yeah, right. And they're harder, they're harder to clean than your standard disc. But mm-hmm. I think that if they were to bring back the cartridges, I, I wonder how the public will take it. Mm-hmm. But I think that it would be, I think it would be really neat. Well, and, and I think the other issue would be, can you save your games? You know, remember you had to, used to have like Game Genie before the disc came out, it seems. Or, yeah. That would be interesting to see, you know, what... Uh, and, and it would... And it would eliminate, literally, it would eliminate the memory inside the system. Yeah, that's one thing I think the new systems I'm not happy with is you get a new game and you're excited to play it, but then you got to download, what, three hours worth of content to play it? Oh, I've got a PS4, and I've got it, I I downloaded a couple of free games onto it, like three of them. And I've got, I bought a couple of games to get the download stuff for them. And I went to, excuse me, download a, some demos. It pulled me out of space. And I stopped and I was like, wait, seriously? I've got a, I have a PS3, same size hard drive, four times as many games download on, downloaded onto it, and demos. Mm-hmm. And I still, I'm not, I'm not to a third of the space. Yeah. Now you're trying, yeah, yeah. It's, I think that, that I think it's, it, I mean, yeah, you can remove the, the new hard drives and replace them with some with like the terabyte ones, but, Nobody wants to spend two, three hundred dollars on a new hard drive. No, yeah, yeah. So you should it, just. I, yeah. the, the cartridge would would eliminate all that. I think that would be an excellent idea. I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering how the public will. Yeah. Accept. Well, it's almost like you need to just go to the computer game route, you know, because that's pretty much what the new systems are. They're a computer, you know, a big computer, and it runs out of memory quick. So, <laughs> might as well use the yeah. bigger PCs or laptops. Well, we're moving to some TV news here. Uh, looks like the Flash season three trailer premiered. Um, the show itself is uh, set to premiere October fourth. You know, Flashpoint's a big deal for this new season. It looks really good. Uh, you know, Barry seems to remember the reality. You know, he uh, had before he altered it. Uh, we got a we got a new Flash, basically, uh, Kid Flash, Wally West, which you know he doesn't like to be called Kid Flash in the in the preview. Barry seems to be losing his powers but before that he was basically satisfied with not being the flash anymore it seemed or he said he, he didn't have to be the flash anymore because there was there was more flashes reverse flashes you know in this season 
uh, he explains to Barry the consequences of changing things, which is why Barry's losing his powers. And, you know, he has to reintroduce himself to people he knew really closely. And we also have a new Black Flash. Not sure if he's evil. Uh, it seems most likely he is. Uh, not really crazy about the design of the Black Flash. He's got these volts sticking outside of his head. And it kind of looks to me like a creature from the Black Lagoon. It's gills. What what were your thoughts, David? Did you happen to see this trailer? Oh, I've not seen the trailer, uh, and I have not. I've been wanting to keep up with the Flash, but and I catch it every so often. Yeah, it's uh, this show really goes for it. Uh, you said you have yeah. only seen what season one and two, or I've seen parts. I've seen parts of season one and two, mm-hmm. and yeah, the Flash used to be a one of a kind person. Now you've got. Let's see if I remember. I think Wally West is from the future. So the current Flash is his grandpa. <laughs> um, if it means in the comics it was, you have Kid Flash. Maybe that's who Kid Flash is. I don't remember. Yeah. Then you've got, you know, and then you've got uh, uh, you, uh, his, his brother or something becomes a Flash. Yeah, he's no longer unique. Mm-hmm. There's five or six different Flashes, and then you've got a couple of bad guys that can do the same. And it's almost like that the Speed Force, which has shown to have a, an identity and, and a, mm-hmm. a, a uh, an intelligence of its own is turning into a bit of a whore. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it's giving its abilities out to everybody. Well, let's know. Let's, let's, I think they should probably rein that in a little bit. Let's not go too overboard. A flashpoint. Yeah. Which would be interesting because um, the, the reverse flash is the one who altered it to begin with, and you know, and the new, the current flash had to fail, you know, had to fix it. But he he warned us that the simplest thing changing the entire future. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm wondering if they're going to go kind of go that route, <clears throat> and then because all of the you know the current DC characters that are have their own TV shows are not are with the exception of Supergirl, uh, are not, that you've seen, they're not like your your comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they look a lot different. They act a lot different. So I'm wondering if maybe this is their way of kind of tying all the universes in together as a kind of a reboot of the worlds. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you can, then you can go along with some of the 52 storylines and looks, or at least looks. <clears throat> I haven't seen the new Superman, so I don't know what he's going to look like when he enters Supergirl's world. Yeah. But, uh, I, I need to get caught up on the Flash. I really want to. I, yeah. I think I would really dig it. No, I've I seen, think you would too. Yeah, I've seen Gorilla I've seen the Gorilla Grodd or whatever his name is. I've seen, uh, I've seen a couple of the other Flashes. I like, uh, Oh, there's some other people yelling around my, my neighborhood. I've seen okay. uh, Killer Frost, and she looked, oh, she looked creepy. Yeah. So and I just, it's it's almost got, I, I like how it's, it, it can go kind of dark and then pull back into a lighter setting. And then mm-hmm. I, I, it's one that I, it's one that I'm not a huge Flash fan, but it's one that I want to get into. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it pays a lot of homage to the previous Flash. You, you've had, uh, um, John Wesley Ship, you know, our, our 1990 Flash, he played yeah. his dad on it, and uh, even Professor 
McGee, the actress who, you know, was Star Labs uh, uh, doctor in the 90s show, she has made an appearance as a similar character. And they kind of had a neat scene last season together, you know, just kind of like uh, just kind of digging each other. It was, it was funny. It was cool. Um, it's really played a lot of uh, fan service to um, to, you know, us and which is great. You know, it's uh, it's great to see them finally, you know, bringing giving everybody their 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 due pretty much. Um, but, yeah, the show. I mean, yeah. And it was even Mark Hamill. Yeah. Exactly. He, uh, in the original series, played the, the, the trickster. Yep. And then he returns in this show as an older trickster. Yeah. <laughs> Picks up the role again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, and I, I like how they they do a shout out to the old series. Yeah. So, you know, you, they haven't forgotten their roots. No. Where, you know, where it did start. And it, it, it you know, it, but it stands on its own. So Definitely. It, yeah, it's one that I want to get caught up on. It's yeah, one that I want to sit down and actually watch. And they actually are doing Flashpoint to a to a certain extent. You know, obviously they don't have all the rights, but I guess that's how the season will go. Is um, you know Barry changes things. There's a few episodes, and I, I guess he'll change it back. And that ripple effect will, I think, cause Supergirl to be in the same universe because currently she's in an alternate universe. They had a they had a special episode last season where the flash came on supergirl and it was like a rift you know he was traveling in through dimensions and stumbled upon her universe but they had a great chemistry and uh yeah it's really cool and what's what's good is um you can catch up on the flash now it's all on netflix and supergirl the first season of supergirl's on there i watched a lot of it last weekend and you know because when while it was on i couldn't catch it all the time like most of us, you know, there's just so much on and, you know, not enough time to see everything. But it is a great watch to just turn on Netflix and just have it repeat, you know, keep going. It's really, it's a good show. It's the, basically the same the same um, uh, showrunners as The Flash. They they totally go for the material. They don't, you know, they don't try to make it really dark and realistic. They just They just go for it. And I think that's what's been been its uh, success so yeah this ripple effect i think will maybe adjust arrow too they can all kind of be what they should be arrow is kind of batman basically you know because they can't use batman well, but he yeah well he is actually in the comics he's is he works for, he owns a company that develops weapons and he uses his money he's not and he's nowhere near as rich as bruce wayne yeah but right. he uses his money to develop develop his gear sure so, but I, I'm I'm you know, really I I do like the look of the air of uh, the arrow or Green Arrow because you know in the comics he had that Robin Hood esque yeah. look, and when he finally I guess at one point he snapped and ended up in the fort in the woods protecting the woods and that's when he that's when he picked up the cloak. But I, I like this one. He's mm-hmm. and I really that's another one I I've, I need to get around to watching because they've got a lot of some. They got some of my favorite characters like Deathstroke in them and stuff. Yeah, they they've used a lot of uh, Batman villains as well. But and it's okay. It it works. But uh, when the Flash came along, it just since they went for it, it kind of made you want the Arrow to do the same, I guess, because the Arrow started out really serious, and they I think last season tried to do what the Flash does, and it just kind of didn't work. But they're uh, this is season five for them, so they're you know they're revamping some stuff, and of course with the Flashpoint, maybe that'll help them write 
the wrongs that some fans didn't like about the last season. But overall, CW's, you know, they're on top of all this. It's really, um, it's a great time. It really is. Uh, they, I, you know, really uh, hats off to the Flash team for uh, doing Flashpoint. Because since the beginning of the Flash, the new show, I wanted to see a Flashpoint storyline because I, I love that movie to death, that animated movie. I have not read the comic version, but that is such a great story. And it introduces Thomas Wayne Batman Really neat, really neat stuff. Uh, did you happen to ever read that series or see the um, movie? I, I didn't. I saw the movie. I did not get to read the series. I was told though that it was really close. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff because some of the stuff because it gets into everybody. What you some of the stuff they left out was that Thomas Wayne kills his yeah. his, his, his his enemies. Yeah. Instead of you know like instead of Bruce Wayne roughing them up and sending the Arkham Asylum, Bruce or Thomas kills them, <laughs> with the exception of the Joker, yep. his wife. Yep. Who, when it comes down to it, he can't take her life. And on the on the anniversary of their son's death, they come together and mourn together over where he died. Wow. So it's the only time. It's the only place that they. The only time they come together peacefully. But he's. Yeah, Tom, and they did, and they dip into that in the in the comics that Thomas Wayne is a very demented individual. Mm-hmm. Both sides are sure, and they both went. They just went opposite directions. Yeah, um, but that I've been told the animated show was or the animated movie was really close. Yeah, and I've got to say I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a it's a great story. I I, I own it, and yeah, I. Didn't really expect much of it when I first started watching it, but just that whole introduction of an alternate reality where, you know, the Waynes go down the alley and Bruce doesn't make it was just, I was like, wow. Because usually with changes like that, I, I'm not happy with, but the way they did it, I guess, I guess I was ex- accepting it because it was an alternate reality. It wasn't like a retelling, you know, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a powerful story and obviously they probably can't dive into, um, the Batman side of the Flashpoint uh, saga, but you know, at least they're doing, they're they're using it to a certain extent, and it's probably yeah. um, going to be good for the whole series. It obviously brings Supergirl into the the one world where Arrow and Flash share, so you get to see because that's that is planned as multiple crossovers because you have Legends of Tomorrow as well. It's an interesting show. They really. They're really going for it. It's it's basically the DC channel now. You know, every night's going to have a DC show on. So it's nothing really to complain about. It's uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen the the League of Tomorrow yet. That's another one that I because I really like uh, the main villain. He was created through a monolith. He was he's been there since the beginning of time, and he cannot die. And what do you do when you've lived a hundred thousand lifetimes? You go mad and turn evil. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. And yeah, so it's uh, I it's another one I wanted to, I wanted to watch because I wanted to see all the different characters together. It's just I never got to it. It's, sure. I got caught up in other shows. Right. <laughs> I yeah. Lot, I've got a lot of TV shows I need to get caught up. On. I know. Sadly, yeah, we we live in a time where it's just there's so much out there. And sometimes it just takes a while to get there. But once you do, it's like, oh man, I wish I would have gotten on board for a long time ago. But yeah, yeah it's uh, at least you got Netflix, so it's always at your disposal to to catch it. It's not like the old days where you had to tape something and 
you know, to see it again or buy it eventually. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, at least we have those type of avenues to to go down. Um, Agents of Shield premiered uh, last week, and I was able to see the the premiere episode. I was actually excited to see it. I stopped watching it after the beginning of season two. You know, the last two, a couple episodes or seasons of Shield have been much better, much more received. Uh, they recently moved to a later time um, slot. And, of course, the first premiere episode introduced Ghost Rider. Um, not Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, but it's the newer one who drives the car. When I first announced this character in the comics, I was like, well, I'm not sure if that's great or not. And we had the two Ghost Rider movies, which, you know, they, I, you know, some people like them a lot. Uh, the first one's all right. Uh, second one was just nuts. It, <laughs> it was different, but... This was I a, like the first one, mm -hmm. but I never watched the second one. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some big actors in it, but it, you know, it's got some great action sequences, and there there are some moments. It, it's worth renting. I don't know if owning, but of course, it might only cost five bucks to own now. I'm not sure. You know, I haven't looked for a while, but I had my reservations about what Shield was going to do with Ghost Rider. You know, I was like, ah, I'm not sure TV would make him look good. I was surprisingly um, wrong. Uh, they made him look incredible. This new Ghost Rider is really a cool idea. You know, he drives a car instead of a motorcycle. It, all the special effects look incredible. His transformation, when they finally show him transform, it's great. It looks fantastic for TV and, you know, almost movies. I mean, they really, they really went at it with the special effects. And it was very intimidating because they, they took time to show him finally. You know, they, they would show him... I guess his character, when he's starting to get angry, you know, he's trying to inform the person he's got, uh, you know, he's trying to get information from. You, you don't want to talk to the writer. You want to talk to me. And he flips his keys, his car keys, as like intimidation and it, it works. And yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. There's a just great, it's just, it was a great premiere episode. And, you know, everything else was great too about where the sh Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were at the time and how everything connected but yeah this um i'm definitely going to tune back in i think this ghost rider is going to be very effective for uh viewership and yeah it was very impressed impressive and i wouldn't mind not really seeing johnny blaze for a while netflix might be giving him his own show too down the road that would be fun i i like ghost rider i think that the whole uh this whole concept other than when they turn him into a Made turn. You find out that it was an angel's doing, not the devil that made him. Sure. Other than that, because you know, they went with that storyline for a little while, then they fixed it. But I like the whole concept of of, uh, of Ghost Rider. I like how he just kind of plays by his own rules. Everybody has can be anybody can be judged. I know at one point, even though that he's now a good a quote unquote good guy, that he went after the Red Hulk. Um, you know, so nobody, nobody is safe if, if, if from from the Ghost Rider's judgment. Right. If yeah. he wanted, if he wanted to, he would go confront Wolverine or go confront, you know, whoever. Exactly. Um, I, and so I, I would love to see that in a TV show because uh, he's got plenty of villains, uh, and even if they don't give him his own TV show, he can always make appearances in the ones that are on there now. Right. So you know, like, you know, like, you know, every so often, Punisher is going to have to outrun him because, well, uh, it's the Punisher, and let's look at let's 
let's really look at how he how he works and how yeah. he does business. Right. <clears throat> um, Luke Cage screwed up somewhere, or he even teams up with Luke Cage or something. Wow, that's cool. So on and so forth. So I mean, that would be that would be really neat. I I've never I didn't get into Agents of Shield like I wanted to, um, but I did I did see the transformation, and I've heard about this new Ghost Rider. I think that even if he's only on in the uh, Agents of Shield for part of the season, I think that that would be. I think that would be a nice step for them. Yeah, I agree. You're bringing in, you're you're bringing in an actual. Well, I wouldn't call him a superhero, but you're bringing in somebody, somebody else, into you know something completely off the wall, different. Some of you doesn't have to make up. He's got his own set, you know, own set of per, uh, powers and personality, and then, and uh, into the show, and then maybe later, give him the bump into his own TV show or. Lord help us in a decent movie. Yeah. A really, uh, not a decent, a really good movie. Right. The first one was okay. Yeah. Well, Marvel Studios has the rights uh, back, so they can they can do whatever they want. So, and, you know, if they, if they make a movie, you know they're going to do it right because yeah. they have a good track record <laughs> with their own material. Quickly moving into some comic news. Uh, this is a great, uh, this is a great comic I just found out about Star Trek Waypoint. It comes out uh, September 28th. It's a IDW released uh, series, anthology series. It will include two stories with each uh, issue. And this one, uh, the premiere issue, there's a story called Puzzles. And it's written by Donnie Gates and Mark uh, Chater, I believe. It features a Captain LaForge of the, a new Enterprise. And they've basically uploaded Data's... Um, uh, positronic net into the enterprise and data is the ship's computer and he's projecting uh several hologram images of data throughout the bridge and each image is doing a certain task but they're all connected to data they're all data and they're all talking to each other it's really it's really cool i really uh i would love to see that in a movie it this uh series is going to this series is going to um it's going to show like the prime universe and it's going to show the Kelvin universe. So it's, it's like all over the place. So it, it looks really neat. I don't know if you had a chance to look at this, David, but, uh, yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen a couple of pictures of this with the multiple datas everywhere and LaForge sitting at the captain's chair. Yeah. And which, in, in my opinion, LaForge really is going to be a glorified engineer. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can see him changing data's mind, but not often. Right. Um, yeah, I I really look forward to this. This will be one that I I add to my list. Yeah. When I revamp when I revamp my uh, my box. There you go. This is one that I I really I want to see. I want to read, and uh, I really look forward to this. Will be even as they do stories in in both the universes. I think that will be really neat as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great concept and. You know, gosh, I would love to see LeVar Burton reprise Jordy LaForge somehow in a movie or a TV show and just to see this concept come to life because I, I could really see it being visually, it is visually appealing what I saw and I could, I could totally see them doing that. You know, Brent Spiner's voice is still Data's voice and, you know, they could totally just uh, alter, do a CGI rendering of Data or something to, you know, give that, give that impression that he doesn't age because you know, unfortunately, Spiner has aged, and but yeah, I think that's a great well, concept. 
Um, and they did that in a couple of, of the shows, like Voyager, where the Doctor, who's a hologram, <clears throat> they had two or three versions of him in the same area. Yeah. Or two or three of him running around. And I, to be honest, with with the right technology, it wouldn't. I don't think it'd take a whole lot. You wouldn't have to to make him look. You you wouldn't have to make him look exactly like Data. If you wanted to, you could give it a a little bit more of a holographic look. Yeah. So this way, people who come onto the ship don't think there's thirty Datas running around. <laughs> They'll be. They will obviously know that they would require a lot of power to run that many holograms. Possibly. They would obviously know what you know. And it's a hologram. So, but uh, that you could still come back as the voice of the voice, and I uh, that that would be a neat show or even a neat movie. Oh, that'd be so fantastic! I just, you just you know, yeah, I don't know. You know, even dabble into the, the new series that's coming out, or yeah, or into or in a movie in its own. I just out of nowhere, here comes yeah, here comes Enterprise, whatever. Oh, that's the wonderful Forge and Data. <laughs> in fact, I I just watched an episode of the old Star Trek where they took a uh, a computer, uh, the M5, a computer program, and put it in charge of the Enterprise, and it fought like a human being, and it ran the entire Enterprise by itself. Wow. So the fact that you, so if you wanted to do that, you know, on an obvious, you could make mention of the M5 from the original series. Yeah. And then they'll run with it with Data and LaForge. I think that would be, I think that would be, at least, at least an entertaining movie yeah. or TV show or even as a, a spin on, you know, some just having to pop in. Yeah, definitely. It, it'd be very satisfying because, you know, Nemesis, we, you know, because as, as the show went on, characters kind of, they didn't really explore what the characters were supposed to be. Originally, like Data and Jordy were like best friends pretty much. And you kind of lost that when the movies came along. I mean, you still got that, but it, you didn't really get that relationship again and of course the way nemesis no, the way not, not like the, not like the no shows. exactly and like nemesis uh that was kind of a you know they didn't really have a good closing moment i mean they had a, they looked at each other but before you know data sacrificed himself it just didn't feel like it was satisfying and this is really this is really cool i think uh, a cool concept and yeah even if even if they just had data data's voice and not the holograms it, that'd still be cool to hear him talk you know because yeah that's just um uh, you know, there's so much they could do, and I, you know, I applaud uh, IDW for releasing this material because it really gives you a a new look at things that probably weren't even in development, and maybe they will be. They become that over time. Who knows with the future movies? But I'm really excited about it, and the visuals alone are just fantastic. I guess we can imagine it as a movie. Worst case, if we never get it, Batman number nine comes out uh, October 9th. Written by Tom King and artist Mikhail Janin, I believe. It looks like they're altering Bane. They're going to make him a cross between a Vengeance of Bane storyline and Nolan's version of Bane. This uh, issue will have Bane live, uh, living in his own country. And he's basically possessing someone Batman needs in order to cure someone. Uh, actually, her name is Gotham Girl. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the new characters or what they have now but uh, apparently batman assembles a his own suicide squad to retrieve this person from bane questions are uh d did you enjoy the nolan's bane and what type of bane do you prefer i don't know i i think a new bane 
Well, at least the last. I I remember some of the things. I know that you know in the animated series they tried to keep it close to the comics. Some of the animated series. Sure. And I and I remember at one point Bane had his own little island country, but I think that since you know we're doing the new Fifty Two, I think a, a revamp of a couple of his old nemesis would uh old enemies would be done. Would probably be a good idea. I think I I would look forward to seeing this Bane. Sure. I, I uh I didn't get a chance to pick up uh, Batman when New Fifty Two rebooted. I just did not have the money for it. Oh yeah, Rebirth you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't. Uh, well, yeah, that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I oh, think yeah. that uh, I think that a new I think a new Bane because you know the old I don't know the old Bane I, I twist the knob I get bigger I get nastier. Uh, it, I think a new Bane would be nice. Yeah. And I I look forward to. Uh, to seeing this one as well. So you're you're more for like a realistic interpretation of Bane, you know, like the Nolan movie did with Rises. Uh, you know, they didn't really go into all that. Um, uh, they they didn't go into all that Venom stuff. It was just he was in pain, and you know, he was just strong, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I uh, I, I, I would like a. And I would like an intelligent Bane, but one who could, you know, not turn himself into a super freak, but yeah, right. enhance his strength. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know, and I, I still think they need to follow the story, which led into Batman Beyond, where the Venom, like leaving with the Venom, because the Venom eventually turns him into a vegetable. If you follow the Batman Beyond story. Yep, exactly. Batman, yep. yeah, they were very careful about all of that. So <laughs> I say keep him with the Venom. Don't make him you know, ungodly strong and, yeah. you know, breaking the, the, the croc in half, but leave him intelligent too. Leave him intelligent, give him enhanced strength and, and even some speed. Sure. So that, uh, so give Batman a real challenge. Yeah. I could see that. Definitely. Yeah. I, you know, I see it, uh, I see, you know, if they're able to adapt kind of the supernatural elements, but also more realistic elements, I think if they just balance just right, I think we'd get a cool, cool character. And, you know, I think, um, Tom Hardy's Bane, you know, Nolan's Bane, um, came close to that. Uh, he didn't really need the venom. That would have been just like an extra, extra thing thrown at you. But, you know, I, I think he did a pretty cool job, um, with, you know, the material, uh, he was definitely memorable to me, especially that voice that was, <laughs> that was different, but it was kind of like a Darth yeah. Vader voice. Um, also we got, uh, international Iron Man. Uh, they are, they have released an issue that actually reveals Tony Stark was adopted and that his real parents were shield agents. Uh, apparently one worked for Hydra and they just gave him up to the Starks. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this concept would, you know, would or should be applied to the movies, uh, because if you recall Iron Man 2, Howard Stark, you know, on a film told Tony that he was, Tony was his greatest creation, kind of implying that he is the biological father to Tony, um, given how, you know, Captain America Civil War tackled the Starks, you know, it showed you know, how they, how they were killed and all that, uh, should, uh, should they be left alone, you think? Or do you think this concept of Tony being adopted should be in the movies as well? Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Um, yeah, no, there's, if you're going to go that route, then, I mean, if you wanted to go that route, 
it might be interesting to go that route, have Tony break down, and you'll walk away from the Iron Man altogether, and then introduce the new Iron Man. They get the little, that whole 19-year-old gal mm-hmm. <laughs> who's a super genius. But otherwise, I would leave it alone. Sure. Um, it, we've already, you know, we've already got an Iron Man too. You know, you're my greatest creation, which means that you're you're the best thing that ever had. You're the best thing that I ever brought forth into this world. It literally translates to being your father and son. Right. You know, I mean, you can't interpret that any other way, really. Exactly. Unless you're going to turn Tony. I mean, unless you're going to turn Tony Stark into an android. Yeah. Which no, that doesn't work. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, I think that, yeah, I I think that uh, just leave it alone. Sure. Leave the leave the story as it is. You can work Tony because I know that Robert Downey Jr. wants to to hang up the helmet. I mean, it's sad, but we get it. I think that uh, I I think that you leave it alone. You can work him out of the story and whoever back into it. Yeah. Um, in his place. But I I would not. I would leave that in the con. Leave that whole you know, adopt thing in the comics. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it is, it is an interesting twist, but given that we just got, we just came off of civil war, it just feels like that, that whole family needs a rest. We've finally got what we needed, the missing pieces. And, you know, uh, you just kind of would reopen old wounds and maybe not make what we saw that special, you know? Um, I totally agree. I think maybe in the comics, I know Marvel's really trying a lot of new things lately, you know, by making Cap America a Hydra agent, which I'm not really sure all that, uh, you know, how that turned out or not. But, you know, uh, even Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, I think he thought that was kind of a stupid move to make him a Hydra agent. But, you know, it's Marvel. They eventually uh, course corrected. They probably already, they probably always planned that. It's just to get people to buy the issue, which worked because it came out around rebirth launch. And I remember going to mayhem and that comic of captain America being revealed as a Hydra agent was sold out and there was, you know, plenty of rebirth left. Um, but now we know that rebirth is actually selling out selling Marvel. So it, it did, it did have a success to it, but yeah, it seems like Marvel's doing a lot of these, you know, they're really trying to uh, do these storylines that bring people in and, you know, it really changes the character, unfortunately. I don't know if they have fixed the whole uh, Captain America as a Hydra agent. I, I know, yeah, I, I know there's ways they could do it because, you know, he at one point he was dead. Maybe, you know, cause, and then it turns out he's actually trapped in time yeah. or something and <laughs> you can always play off that somewhere along the timeline that he was jumping around in, he got hypnotized or brainwashed or something and they're just now pulling him. Hydra all of a sudden found out about what had happened and they're putting it into play and he, you know, sure. Vision or somebody takes that away and fixes him. But, uh, and you know, and then he comes back to being Captain America again, but they've taken the, the, the title of Captain America and gave it to a couple of other people. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think taking Captain America, one of literally one of Americans' favorite and most loved comic book characters, because he really is to the Marvel universe what you know what he stands for, what Superman is to DC. He is that that golden child, that Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, I think that turning him into a Hydra agent, a Hydra agent was a mistake. Yeah, I agree. They need to just, yeah. 
They wanted to just they, attract they, everybody. Fix that and stop playing with it. Right. You want to kill people? Kill people. Don't right. take some of these big characters and turn them evil. Exactly. You know, turn them to a criminal or something, that's fine, because they're still going to be fighting for what they believe in. But that's like taking the Punisher and making him a goody, you know, a goody two-shoe. Right, yeah. I agree. I'm going to start following the laws now that Diana works. <laughs> that's not him. I'd like to uh, thank you and Billy for being on. Special thanks to the band Lanero for the great music. Check them out at Lanero.net. Uh, recommend taking a look at Steve's comic blog, stevescomicblog.com. And please check us out on Facebook, Podbean, YouTube, and iTunes, www.fieldygeeks.com. Uh, with that said, we'll be back next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Dave. <laughs> Take care. Take care.